When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. We're here in the final round, pick 226, which means the Bears, due to the trade just a few hours ago, they're going to have some back-to-back picks here in this final round of the draft. I'm your host, Wildewit, here with me, of course, for this final reaction episode. Presumably the final reaction episode is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, and our draft expert, Steve Letizia. Nick, I want to go over to you. You didn't get your quarterback earlier. Any final thoughts? Because it says Bears pick is in, so you don't got a lot of time. Oh, wow. Um, can this be a quarterback? I just want the Bears to draft somebody at the quarterback position just to have some depth to develop. It's a seventh-round pick. It's not like it's a major investment at this point. But, yeah, I guess we'll see who this pick is in just a couple seconds. Yeah, just a couple of seconds here. Steve, Any you want to take a stab in the dark, literally, just see if you can guess I mean. Out? Real quick, because we announced it soon, I'm just going to go with Anthony Gordon, Washington State. I wasn't as big of a fan as a lot of other Bears fans, but here in the seventh round, I'll take Anthony Gordon for sure. Apparently, Edge is still a team need uh, via ESPN, <laughs> so that's everything that you need to know right here. When I'm looking at my, at least my initial mock draft, I know J.R. Uh, Reed uh, still up there, as well as my running back that I had the Bears taking and Michael Warren the second. So I wouldn't be opposed to either of those as well. But I guess technically Michael Warren may be able to slide all the way out of this draft and you can pick him up later, too. So it'll be really interesting to see how it goes. So, Nick, you said you want a quarterback. You're an Iowa guy. You're alma mater. Would you take Nate Stanley? Uh, yeah, I'd give him a shot. I don't think he's the best fit for the Bears, but it looks like the pick is in, actually, as of right now. Um, according to NFL Network, round seven, pick 12, the Bears are going to select Arlington Hamright, guard out of Colorado. All right, so the Chicago Bears are going guard. NFL Network Twitter beating the snot out of ESPN's live broadcast. I guess we're just trying to milk this thing for as much time as they got. And, of course, the Bears have back-to-back picks here, so we'll be finding out another pick here in just a moment. 
But Nick, offensive guard, they've invested heavily in the interior of this offensive line throughout free agency. What's your thoughts about taking one in the seventh round? To me, it just feels like you're just adding more probably subpar adequate talent at a position that was of need still may have be of need. And I don't know how this would really change the dynamic for this season. Yeah. I think you just have a bunch of guys that you can't really rely on even to compete for this, this guard position. Jermaine and Fetty was brought in, obviously played tackle going to transition to guard. We talked about Rashad Coward, Alex bars, and now Arlington Hambright guys that I don't know. You can't feel that confident. Like, whichever guy is going to start there at the right guard position, or, you know, presumably this is where Ham Wright would be slotted at. But look, you needed to at least get somebody else in that room. I think it would have been smart to do it earlier, but the bears decided their best, the best option, the best player available is in the seventh round here. How about you, Steve? What's your initial thoughts here going guard? I know we're going to learn a little bit more about the prospect here. It's probably someone that you may not have a lot of research on, but just curious of just going guard here at this stage of the draft. Yeah, I don't have a lot of information on him. It's not a guy I watched. Uh, interestingly, he looks like they announced him as an offensive tackle instead of, instead of a guard. And um, it looks like Dane Brugler lists him as an offensive tackle as well. So well, he, I'm sure he's probably a guy who could probably play both. But I'm just so happy that they addressed the position, offensive line position at, at some point. So yeah, it's the seventh round, so I'm not going to expect much from him, uh, especially this coming year. But I'm happy that they just spent some sort of draft capital at the position. Yeah, if this is going to be... See, now offensive tackle... Makes me feel a little bit better. One second here as the next pick, of course. All right, so another offensive tackle, Latavius Simmons, uh, Tennessee State. So the Bears spending their seventh round all on the offensive line, uh, going with Hambright and now following it up with Simmons. That's underwhelming to me. <laughs> Nick, are you as underwhelmed yeah. as I am? We've been sitting at the desk all day, and I, I get it. Offensive line. You need to throw bodies at it, but I thought there were some other skill guys that they could have taken a chance on here, but instead uh, going with two offensive linemen. How uh, how are you feeling about that one? Yeah, this is this is the seventh round for you. How exciting was that to get two offensive linemen <laughs> that we both haven't heard of? Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, it, it goes to show that the Bears are probably not as concerned with their offensive line as everybody else's. I mean, to be realistic, because you're not expecting seventh-round draft picks to come in and presumably play you know, significant minutes for, for you this upcoming season, and that's why they're addressing this right now. Um, and obviously, you know, the Bears have hit on some later-round offensive linemen. Charles Leno Jr. is obviously the big one being a seventh-round draft pick in the past, but it's it's not something that you can bank on, oh, we're going to draft this guy, he's going to develop, he's going to become a good player. You can't do that, especially in the seventh round. But I just think the Bears are a lot more confident in the guys they have up front than we are, and maybe it's just kind of like a fluke season, getting new coaching with Juan Castillo can maybe change some things there. But I agree with you, Will. Completely underwhelming to get two offensive linemen. What a way to end the 2020 NFL draft. <laughs> Yeah, it just feels a little flat. Again, this may actually end up being something that pays off down the road uh, because, Steve, you and I were talking about, you know, what if the Bears just go quarterback and quarterback just to, you know, throw out and exhaust yeah. all options? And, of course, that was just us in a green room that's kind of BSing around waiting for this pick to kind of get back to us. But I guess, in theory, you can use that thought process here where maybe you had two similarly graded offensive linemen and you're like, well, 
Maybe right. one of them will pan out, so you can just use both picks, bring them both in, and see which one ends up being the better pro. Thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I don't. I, I think that's spot on exactly what they did. They, they probably had these guys graded pretty similarly, and they realized they had back-to-back picks. So, okay, let's just take both of them. We'll see which one ends up uh, ends up standing out in training camp or whenever they get to see them play. So, yeah, I mean, it's a little underwhelming just because I haven't really heard of, uh, much about these guys. Um, but at the same time, I, I'm always in favor of drafting offensive linemen. So if you can get um, two guys who you, who you like in, late in the draft, sure, go for it. And, and just see who, who stands out when you get to see them live. What I see here about Simmons, too, is that he is massive. Uh, six five three oh five is what I'm seeing here out of him, which, of course, that's a pretty big guy, which is exciting. Uh, trying to load up some stuff here, but... Uh, looks like that website is no longer even a real website. So that, thank you, Google, for taking me down a dark alley. Oh, geez. You got to love live draft shows when you're trying to find people here in the seventh round. Nick, on either uh, Hamil- Hambright, not Hamilton, Hambright and, or Simmons, have you, have you been able to find anything on them that yeah. you wanted to kind of learn or have us learn more about? Yeah, for Hambright, he was a JUCO player, so he started off at Garden City Community College in Kansas, then eventually um, transferred to Oklahoma State. 2018, he did miss a couple of games, seven games due to an injury. Um, But I I think with a lot of these JUCO guys, you see – and look, this isn't the case for every single guy, but they always have that little chip on their shoulder. Um, Just coming from a smaller school, then transitioning, getting some reps, playing, and then being a seventh-round draft pick, I just feel like that's maybe something that you can expect with Hambright, just coming from a smaller school, wanting to kind of prove themselves. But it, it's so, I guess, hit or miss at this point. But 6'3", 307. Um, here's, again, Dane Brugler's kind of summary for him. Overall, Hambright relies on his technique to help mask his lack of ideal length and strength, but his game has upside due to his light feet and flexible hips. So it makes sense for the Bears to some a lot of inside outside zone where they're going to be pulling, getting out in space. So you want a guy that could possibly move well when he's, you know, out in space, can find his landmarks, can get to his spot, block whatever uh, defenders in his way. So I can see why you would want to, you know, use a pick on a guy that can move. That's maybe going to be versatile, can be a swing guy that you could just put out there on. The heavy packages, but it's so hard to tell at this point on a guy that we obviously don't have a lot of information on. Websites are not even loading when you look up these prospects, so it's so you know hit or miss at this point. Yeah, it looks like they needed to update their domain, so it looks like it expired. Uh, looks like Hambright played all of his snaps at left tackle last season in Colorado, uh, and then in 2018 he was at Oklahoma State, uh, appeared in six games, and all of those were at left tackle as well. So it, he could be someone coming in here to, I mean, right now when you're looking at this Bears roster, you don't have a lot of left tackle experience outside of Charles Leno Jr. So whenever you're throwing someone here who can be a depth piece over there or someone who at least has the experience, whether he's on the active roster, whether he makes a practice squad and he can have him as, as a reserve, to me that makes sense because they've addressed the offensive line, really the interior uh, and also in terms of Fetty, who played right tackle in Seattle. Uh, Rashad Coward played a lot of right tackle when he was developing into one a season ago as well before he got kicked in the guard. It just makes sense for someone to come in here with some left tackle experience too. How about you, Steve? Any further developments on your end? 
Yeah, I was just looking up. Uh, apparently, he did have actually have a pro day, so he must have had it before the shutdown. So he did uh, run a sub five second forty, uh, twenty nine reps on the bench rep. So. Uh, kind of just reiterating what Nick said about uh, the prospects that the Bears are going to target is going to be those guys who are more athletic. They're not really, they don't, they don't, they don't really target those big balling guards and tackles. They they want some guy who could, they want guys who can move, get on space, get to the second level. And just based on uh, the pre- preliminary research on Hambright, um, that's, that's what they got. So it'll be interesting to d- uh, dig deeper into him. Uh, the other thing though, is he is 20, already 24 years old. So it's kind of interesting to take a developmental tackle who's who's going to be 25 um, pretty soon here. So that is interesting. Absolutely. I don't know how much we want to sit here and learn more or discuss these two picks. I think the theme maybe was ringing louder than really who these two are just right now, as they were uh, obviously people who we weren't doing our homework on this stage of the draft. Uh, but it is interesting, though, like you said, Nick, the skill sets that they're bringing in, I can't get anything to load up on my side of the woods over here. So totally relying up on you to uh, for, you know, Latcavius, by the way, is an awesome first name. And then Hambright is a great last name. So, you know, A plus for drafting some guys with some really awesome <laughs> names here late in the draft. Of course, that's never the end all be all. Uh, how about you, Nick? Uh, obviously, I'm not going to say you know best case, worst case. I think those are probably understood right now. Best case, one of these guys turns into a starter. Worst case, they both bust. I think that's probably, in layman's terms, what we're going to get in terms of a uh, you know the floor and a ceiling from these players. How about you? Do you think the same? Yeah, I, I mean, I think at this point you're just hoping for the best if you get anything at all. So we fans, I, I mean, I think. People wanted to see an offensive lineman drafted. They just got in the seventh round, so maybe just they didn't want to see the offensive lineman drafted at this point. <laughs> um, but I did find an article where he was interviewed on the draft wire. Just kind of ask him a couple of you know basic questions. Is there a scheme that you are more comfortable or experienced playing in? And then Hambright answered, I'm pretty versatile when it comes to that. I played for multiple offensive coordinators, going to JUCO to Oklahoma State, to Colorado. I've seen it all. They all run different offenses. It really doesn't matter to me. And we were kind of just hitting on that, that he would be a guy that, um, especially in Matt Nagy's system, can move and get out in space. It just seems to play to his strengths. Um, a question was asked, how do you handle speed differently from power? Um, Hambright answered, you have to be able to sit down when you're faced with power. You have to be able to get into your hips with speed. You better, ha- you better have fast feet. I, it's a combination of both. I believe that I have a skill set to combat both. And then the last question, what kind of guy is Arlington Hambright going to be at the next level? Arlington Hambright is going to be a smart, physical player that is willing to learn. And I think that's what you obviously would want out of a seventh-round draft pick. You see what the guys in front of you are doing. You just soak it in like a sponge at this point. You got drafted. That should be an accomplishment in yourself, in itself. And then you get to see how you can further develop your your talent and it's going to be it's going to be interesting now with the, the limited, you know, interactions these new players can have with their teams because of COVID-19 and things like that. But, hey, it's um, a credit to him for getting drafted. But we'll see um, what he can actually end up doing for the Bears if he does anything at all, because it's seventh round draft pick. We we all know at this point you shouldn't be expecting an investment on return just because it usually doesn't pan out that way. Now, obviously, now that we're presumably done if Ryan Pace trades a sixth rounder next year to move up I'm going to be a little upset <laughs> if that actually ends up coming to fruition I'm not going to lie in that regard but just let's assume 
that this is the draft class. I think there are some lessons here uh, that we've learned, and one of them, I'm seeing here people in the chat already on top of it. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. I think the Bears feel relatively comfortable with their group of safety, unless they have a free agency plan. I know there are a couple of guys still out there, like a Tony Jefferson as well, that maybe can step in. But obviously they felt comfortable enough not to address that position here in the draft. Steve, is that a mistake in your eyes, or are you trusting their evaluation? Um, I like Deion Bush, honestly. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with them not drafting a safety. I do think they should bring in a veteran um, at some point to compete with Deion Bush. I don't want to just hand him the job, but I, I'm okay. If it turns out that Deion Bush is the starter, I'm not going to be thrilled by it, but I'm going to be okay with that. I think with the players around him, you can kind of hide them and get away with that. So, but if they bring in a Tony Jefferson or an Eric Reed or someone like that, I think that would, that would help push, uh, push Bush to, uh, for the starting job. Yeah. Uh, I know that you and Nick, it sounds like you guys should be best friends here with the, the <laughs> affinity for Deion Bush. I think he's a very solid player. Uh, and I, but just like you, Steve, I think you hit it. There just needs to be competition. You can't just hand him mm-hmm. over the keys to the car. He needs to, know that there is someone else out there that can potentially take this job or else that that may end up being the mistake if they don't find that competition. How about you, Nick? I'm curious. Do you have any other lessons that you learned about the Bears and how they're viewing this team after uh, seeing how they went ahead with this draft? Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting because I think we saw some players drafted, especially in the second round. These guys are going to be immediate contributors with Jalen Johnson and then also Cole Komet. And then you see like a, a... a Travis Gibson and then um, a Kindle. How are we pronouncing his, his last name? Is it Vildor? So guys like that who maybe it's going to take some time. So we're seeing a b- little bit of mix of both. You're trying to obviously make your team better now with, you know, impactful higher draft picks, those second rounders. And then you saw the fifth round and the trade ups to get guys that maybe they're not the biggest contributors right from the get go, but there's potential for them to be the guys in you know years down the road so it was a mix of both from from ryan pace and obviously we saw the conviction again the trading up i think it's you know it's unrealistic to say in any draft that ryan pace isn't going to go move up at some point because he always has an act for doing that he you know picks doesn't matter what he has to give up he's willing to do it um so i i think that is interesting in itself we saw a mixture of both from just the number of his picks and I think with the first, the two second rounders, obviously you're getting guys that you needed at positions of need. You're get, obviously getting upgrades. Hopefully, guys you can rely on. But it's um, I just thought at some point they were going to take a quarterback. I just, I just had a feeling. Just with what the quarterback situation was right now, doesn't mean they can't bring in an undrafted free agent after this. But it was interesting to me that there wasn't one brought in at any point in this draft. They had plenty of opportunities to take some of the bigger names here in this draft. And for Ryan Pace, who, when he first arrived in Chicago, said that every year you want to draft a quarterback, he reiterated that point this past offseason. 
And here we are, again, presumably, got to finish up this draft without a quarterback. Steve, what do you think uh, that means for their thought process and how they're approaching the quarterback room? Uh, of course, you have Foles, you have Trubisky, but they're not bringing in anyone that can really be a developmental guy. And again, you can bring in an undrafted guy, but you can't really you know, write that check. You, the non-drafted free agent is not going to turn into a, a top-tier starter in this league. It's happened. It's rare, so you can't really bank on that fact. Right, yeah, I think they like, they like what they have in, in Nick Foles. Um, I, I do agree. I am kind of disappointed they didn't draft a quarterback, especially with the way the, the board fell with Jake Fromm, Fonzo Farr, and, um, and then Anthony Gordon being on the, on the, on the board for a while and, and I think still on the board. So especially with, with, with that, knowing that, um, I, I'm pretty disappointed that the quarterback wasn't a pick at some point. But at the same time, I, I do like their draft class overall as a whole. As Nick said, Cole Komet, Jan Johnson, immediate impact guys. I think Mooney can be an immediate impact guy, and then Gibson and Vildor have have some upside, and then and then, and then you you take a chance with an offensive tackle and an offensive guard late. So, yeah, overall, I think it was a good draft class. I do wish they drafted a quarterback, but I can't complain too much. All right, so you said you're okay. You know, obviously quarterback, you wish they would have drafted. You mentioned that safety, you're okay that they didn't draft. Is there any other positions, uh, Nick? I'll hand this over to you first. That you kind of wish the Bears did address uh, that's maybe not quarterback or safety or based off how everything else fell, you're, you know, you're comfortable linebacker, defensive line, running back, everything along those lines. You didn't need them to draft one. I know you didn't have a lot of mock drafts addressing those positions, but just making sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously like safety was one of them, but I think just looking at inside linebacker, not, no, the bears don't need a guy. And I mean, obviously with these later round picks, you don't need a guy to be a starter or anything, but the bears did lose depth at that inside linebacker position with Nick Wachowski, Kevin Pierre Lewis um, going to the Raiders and then Washington Redskins. So you just don't know about the health of a Dan Trevathan and how much do you want to rely on a Joel EA Buniwe to step in there if he were to go down. So I thought it would have been, if the bears would have used one of their picks on an inside linebacker late, I would have understand, you know, why they would have done that, uh, that move there. Um, but really other than that, I, I think they did, they did address their, their biggest kind of needs on this teams. I, I just thought maybe they could have switched it up a little bit with where they drafted some guys. But other than that, I, I think I'm, I, I would say I'm comfortable with how they kind of approach this. Again, there are picks that I wanted them to get. They didn't, but Ryan Pace obviously thinks these are the guys that are best for long-term, short-term, just overall for the team right now. So it, it is interesting. Um, do you guys uh, just all for fun and games, these offensive linemen, we know that um, Ryan Pace in the past, Matt Nagy, they like to convert some of these guys to other positions. You saw Bradley Soule playing tight end. 11 tight ends on the on the roster with one of these guys? <laughs> Maybe 12. <laughs> maybe. No, no, no. These guys are going to be uh, offensive linemen just with their build. You never. Maybe they'll transition one to H-back. You never know. Never know. <laughs> We're going full fridge over here in Chicago. But, Steve, I actually wanted to make sure you had an opportunity to address that question as well. Sure. Is there any position – that you kind of wish the Bears did dip into that they didn't or no? Not really. I mean, the Bears came into this draft with limited draft picks already, and the picks they did have were late. So I, I, they weren't going to be able to get to address every position of need. It was just not going to happen. So if they drafted an off, an inside linebacker or a safety with one of their seventh-round picks instead of an extra offensive lineman, does that really change anything? I, I don't really think so. Um, so I, I th- I'm fine with, with the positions they addressed. 
All right, well, I'm going to have some fun here, and I'm going to come up with some questions on the spot as we kind of wrap up. I'm not going to say the seventh round right now, although I know we're going to do a draft you know, episode where we're going to kind of gather all of these thoughts, but I love these instant thoughts and reactions. So, Nick, over to you. Who is your favorite and then least favorite pick so far? Well, I'm going to say, I'm going to say so far because you just never know, but your, most, uh, your favorite pick and then your least favorite pick. And least favorite doesn't mean you hate it. It's just it's the bottom of the barrel. That's uh, that's a really good question, Will. Um, now that I've had some time to kind of think about it, and obviously we all know like my thoughts about Jalen Johnson, but now having talked to um, some some experts in the field, like physical therapy and things like that, I think Jalen Johnson's going to be just a great player for the Bears. And um, I just when you complement that with the defense that they already have there, it's it's just a really good pick for the Bears, just staying healthy. And I think for the most part, he will be able to do that and just be an immediate contributor. That's I the agree. one spot that I think the Bears could have been a, you know, got a substantial upgrade and they did it. So um, I think that would be my favorite pick right now. Least favorite as see, I've, I've opened up a little bit to the Cole Komet pick just from from, you know, yesterday. So. I guess it's maybe the two two offensive linemen in the seventh round. I wanted to see something else, which is look, it's a seventh round. It's not like they're they're terrible, but I think actually when you assess Ryan Pace and how they kind of approach this draft, he did a decent job. And I didn't think I'd be saying that, you know, coming into this draft for some reason. But I guess that's the most disappointing thing. You could have just gotten more skilled guys and just tested their waters and see what they could have done. But their offensive linemen, the Bears also needed them as well. So I'm actually happy with how Ryan Pace approached this draft overall when you look at everything. So your favorite pick was the guy that I had mocked to the Chicago Bears, is what you're saying. <laughs> I think we need to go back and just delete that part now that I'm not just kidding. But yes, yes, it was. Well, you did a good job. That's what I was waiting for. Good job. That's what I've been waiting for this whole <laughs> draft. It was well done, Will. You picked, your, you picked A, you got it right, and B, it was a stud as well. So this is going to be recorded in all of eternity. It's live on the internet. It's going to go into a podcast. It's never going to be erased. I'm going to make sure of it. So these are words that I'm going <laughs> to make sure you never forget because I'm soaking in the moment here just a, a little bit. But we're not about ego on this show, and obviously I hope people know I'm being sarcastic about this totally. But, uh, Steve, how about you? Least favorite and then a favorite, or I guess favorite then the least favorite. You can choose the order. I'm not going to be picky. Sure. So uh, I do like the Jalen Johnson pick, but I'll, I'm going to pick my favorite pick as uh, Darnell Mooney because I think he provides um, something that the Bears sorely needed. Um, it was great value for him. Um, they finally have a speed receiver. He's going to provide an element to the offense that is just different from what they already had. Um, so he's definitely my favorite pick so far. I don't know if I have a least favorite pick. Cause I do like, I, I like what we've done. So I'm going to kind of cop out here and I'm going to say my, the, the thing I didn't like about this draft is that we never traded down and we traded up too many times. That's what I didn't like about this draft. Uh, I think we could have traded down and still gotten commit. I, th- I think we possibly, we didn't have to trade up that many times. We definitely didn't have to trade a future fourth round pick, which I didn't like at all. Um, so there's my cop out answer for least favorite draft pick. No, I like that a lot. I mean, the trade, I mean, the players that we hauled in, they're fine in their own right, but some of those moves, but with Komet, I think the key word there is you think that no one would have taken it. Right. You don't know. And even if they wanted say Johnson was their primary DB, which I really have a strong feeling he was, if you flip the order of these picks, 
no one's going to complain as much as people maybe right. have originally. And I think that's why Nick's coming around to the pick. That's why I've came around to the pick after a night of sleeping on it. Because at the end of the day, you don't know. I mean, there were teams that needed tight ends. And I know tight ends <laughs> didn't go until later. But if you take the top one off the board, then why would someone just reach then? So it just makes sense to me why the Bears did what they did there. And I think they got their top two targets. Maybe it wasn't the order people were hoping. But at the end of the day, you have those guys in your roster and that's all said and done. I know we didn't mention Gibson again. I think he's going to be a sneaky, good pick here for the Bears. And I like how none of us mentioned it because it's just going to show with that edge position, which already has a lot of star talent, he can really fly under the radar. And I think that's going to really best suit him as he is a little raw, does need to be coached up. So he's in a perfect spot right behind these two veterans as well. So I think from a developmental standpoint, that might be one of my favorite picks of this draft as well. I know he wasn't projected mm-hmm. to go that high, but we've seen people get picked all over the board that weren't projected, were projected, they fall. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day. All right, I think that's about going to do it. Uh, I Real quickly, letter grade for the linemen. We'll just combine them back-to-back offensive linemen. I'm going to start off just to let you guys have a moment to mull on it. I'll go ahead. I'm going to give it B minus has been my normal range here besides the one A that I kind of gave out, but I'm going to stick with B minus because it makes sense. You're throwing more bodies at the position, one of need. And again, if you throw two stones out there, a chance that one of them hits your target is much greater than just the one. So that's why I'm liking these two. So B minus again, we don't know much about them, but obviously again, I just like the chances with quantity here. Uh, as well as maybe some of the quality that these guys bring too. Steve, how about you? What's going to be your grade for the seventh round? Uh, let's, I'm just going to give them. A, I'm going to give them an A plus because I don't really know anything about them. And if they, <laughs> one of them, and if one of them turns out to be good, I'm going to look like a genius. Um, so there you go, A plus for for the two offensive linemen. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, you can you can totally clip <laughs> that. A plus picks these two guys. I don't know exactly. Nothing, and you just yeah. cut it off right before you say I know nothing about them, and then. Exactly. Like said, that's a genius alert if I've ever heard of one. Nick, you have a pretty big range here, B minus to an A plus, and you can go somewhere in the middle or totally elsewhere. What's going to be your grade? I'll go C minus. Wow. Um, like I said, I wanted to see. I, I just wanted to see a quarterback at some point. What's what's the risk? What's what's the the worst thing that can happen? Taking a developmental guy and just having him learn. Um, I think Anthony Gordon obviously had a one year wonder um, there at Washington State, but he had a lot of passing attempts. Why not? You know, bring a guy that can just at least develop. And he look, he doesn't have to make the roster. Obviously, he can be in the practice squad. Obviously, he still hasn't been drafted. You could have just taken a chance at that position. And you never know what you can find a diamond in the rough. And not that these offensive linemen can't do be this exact same thing. I just think that, I don't know, at some point they could have addressed that position. Just the uncertainty of it being in 2021 that Trubisky, Foles, no longer be here. Not to say that that seventh-round pick will be the next guy, but at least you, you're giving him a shot. You brought in somebody else to kind of learn. I don't know if, like, the, the situation at hand – um, is playing into the Bears kind of thought process like, hey, we're having limited reps already. Do we want to bring in another guy? Like, I don't know. Who knows? But I'll just give it a C minus. Hopefully I'm wrong. And some one of these guys actually pans out to be something that's actually on the roster and is not just a seventh round draft pick. Just a couple years later is gone. And that was it. 
Now, would all that change if they do sign like a Nate Stanley or Gordon here as an undrafted free agent? Like, it doesn't matter then. You still got the guy. It doesn't matter if you drafted him or you just signed him off the street. And they get to choose as well uh, where they get to go. So maybe they would want to, you know, want to come to here to Chicago to be in this quarterback room. Would that change your mind at all if they were able to land one of those guys that you're hoping to take here in the seventh? Um, I mean... Yeah, I would say that would definitely change my mind. You bring in a guy that, you know, I wanted. But we were just grading these two guys, right? Like, the whole draft is a, is a better better grade than the, the C-minus grade for the two offensive linemen. But okay. you wait, can wait, add wait, wait, one wait, of those pause. two guys. Yeah, no, no. I, I don't find with that. It just sounded like you were just disappointed because you wanted the quarterback. So I was making sure that if it changed, <laughs> you would be able to be open to maybe adjusting your grade if they still found one of those quarterbacks later. But you mentioned it. The grade for the draft is different than the grade for the seventh round. And I mean, we're at the very back end of the seventh round episode. So I think it would be a nice bonus for everyone who did stick with us throughout this weekend, who are, who is listening to some, us talk about two offensive linemen that, as Steve said, we have no idea who the hell they are. So if they're still here, I think it's worth it to give them our innocent grade of this draft. And we'll just hide here. So we don't need to be embarrassed about it too much down the road. But, Steve, maybe you'll go with an A-plus to look like a genius again if this draft class ends <laughs> up being a boom. But in all seriousness, this initial absorption of this draft, what would be just your overall letter grade? Again, it can change tomorrow. I really don't care. But just sure. as we're sitting here right now live on the show, what grade would you give it? Uh, I'd give it a solid B, and I'm going to – reserve the right to change that as you said but it'd be only be, and then it's the only reason it's not higher because i like pretty much all their picks the only reason it's not higher is the trading mm-hmm. didn't like that but uh, a b b plus maybe would be the highest i'd go something like that i think it was a solid draft nothing too nothing really egregious no reaches uh, a b b is a good good grade i think i think b is right where i'm at i mean i've been b minus to b then i had the one a so if i'm averaging out B is probably where this thing is going to fall. And just like you said, a very solid draft. You're addressing a lot of needs. You're bringing in players uh, that are solid, that have decent potential throughout. Uh, I liked a lot of the value early on, uh, especially with bringing in the I mean, value for Gibson may not be the right one. I like the potential with Gibson. I like the value for uh, for uh, Vildor as well. Same thing with Mooney. And then on top of that too, I mean, Jalen Johnson, he's going to be your instant contributor. I think they did what they needed to set out here to do. I know people were hoping maybe drafting a strong safety. We've talked about that for months. But again, I'm trusting the evaluation. And if they thought there were other positions where they needed to address, so be it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not our call. And they know these guys more than we do. They know this roster more than we do. And so for me, it's one of those, like, they're not going to just deliberately, you know, sabotage this team. Now, it could be a mistake down the road. But right now, their conviction and their gut feeling is to not address some of those what we thought were needs. So right now, Bs are pretty good grade to give. And, you know, it could have been a lot worse. Maybe it could have gone a little bit better. But at the end of the day, I think the Chicago Bears are better than they were Thursday. And that, and that's really all that we really were hoping to set out this weekend. How about you, Nick? What's your grade? Yeah, um, I think I'm along the same lines with you guys. I think a B would be the right the right letter grade for this. The only thing, and obviously we, we talked about this, is like... If you bring up Jake Fromm again, I swear to God. <laughs> no, no, no. Offensive. I'm going offensive line. Obviously, they picked the guys here in the seventh, but that was such a that was arguably the biggest issue other than quarterback with this offense. Just they this this Bears team obviously has some confidence that you know is not being I guess circulated around fans and just us in general. But they 
believe their guys. It's just that right guard position, I think, is very important. Someone you want to bring that is going to be a reliable player. And if maybe they, they obviously already had him with the Jermaine Fetty or Rashad Carr, whatever it may be, but I thought they would have dressed um, you know, offensive line a little bit sooner. But still, when you look at this as a whole, you got better at the tight end position. You got better at the cornerback position. You got your speed receiver. You got an edge player that can come in if, you know, uh, Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack need a break and, you know, possibly do some things. And then you got some some upside with uh, some of the deep, the uh, Vildor. So it's like there's good pieces in place that Ryan Pace just hit on in this draft. So I look at it as a whole. I will give it a B as well. So we're all on the same page. Just the biggest thing for me other than quarterback, is that right guard position. Understood. And again, that's something we can debate here in future episodes because I do, I was tweeting about this a little bit ago, the more I sit on it. You know, you have a Juan Castillo who comes in. He assesses the unit. He knows the strengths, the weaknesses. They brought in a guy in a Fetty who he has been already vocal that he is high on this guy to play that right guard spot. So you have to trust the coaching here and the evaluation. You, do, I mean, you don't have to. It just makes life easier if you do. Because, again, I mean, this is his job. He gets paid a lot of money to evaluate that talent and coach him up. And he's someone that he likes. And he is, Fetty, someone who I think with coaching can be a decent right guard and someone that maybe should would have been better than if you would have drafted one. I mean, looking at the Bears' picks, not in the second round. So then you're looking at, like, round five. Uh, again, I don't know. So for me, I think I'm happy we're all on the same page, guys. I think B is very appropriate here uh, to wrap things up. So that's going to do it, Bears fans. Again, thank you so much for hanging out with us for this entire weekend. Uh, you know, it's a little painful sitting in a chair uh, throughout all this time. I'm excited to move and get around this desk here and uh, everything that kind of goes with that and enjoy the rest of the weekend. But I said it in the past uh, uh, earlier this week. These are my favorite episodes of the year. You know, you get live instant reactions. And, of course, our thoughts may change as we go through it. But that's the beauty of it. You get to find out what we thought in the moment. And then you get to watch us do some homework and kind of absorb it and just sit on it for a little bit. And you get to see the thought process change. Uh, To me, it's always fun to kind of see just how it goes. Because if you just stick to your initial reaction, uh, oftentimes or not, it's going to be wrong. You got to find ways to adapt as you learn more uh, about these guys and just about the bear situation as a whole. Uh, So thank you to everyone who's tuning in. If you haven't yet, again, one last plug for the weekend. Rate, review our show on Apple Podcasts. Only 29 away from 600. And once we reach that 600 review on Apple Podcasts, another free Bears jersey gets shipped out over to maybe it's you. You never know. One lucky Bears fan will get a free Chicago Bears jersey of their choice once we reach our goal. But that's going to do it. I'm going to say the word presumably again one last time (laughs) just in case because if I jinx it, I think I would be a little upset. I think Nick and Steve may be just as well. So we'll be back soon. Uh, We have some good plans here for the rest of the week to continue some coverage. Uh, Nick and I are working on that one as we speak. So until then, like I said, enjoy the rest of your weekend. And, of course, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.